Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Hiya, pals. Welcome back to Shared History Under the Kilt. We're here. We're doing it. <laughs> that's that's right, we are. Um, I'm Adam McNamara. I'm Natalie Younger. And we are your hosts on this historic journey where we delve into the the lesser-worn and less lesser-trodden paths of Scottish history. Things that were like, what? Did that happen? It's the blind leading the blind. <laughs> As you can tell by yep. this opening segment, uh, you need to know we've not recorded this for a few weeks, so it feels brand new. <laughs> it's it's like I first laid eyes on you, Adam, and you know, I'm falling in love all over again. Okay, just stop. Stop. <laughs> you don't Jeez. want me to you don't want me to lay it on that thick. Fine, I'll go back to bullying you. Is this a better <laughs> is this a more comfortable relationship dynamic for you? I, I never believed the the, the nice niceties anyway. That's why I'm like, shut up. That's I'm just so like upsetting. waiting for like the side swipes. That's so <laughs> upsetting that that is like my brand now has become, if I'm nice, you're like, hmm, eh, something's fishy. I yeah. did introduce myself as a dodgy American uh, in our very first episode. So that's right. That's right. And and I agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I have sowed the seeds of distrust <laughs> from the beginning. So anyway, let's get back to it. And um, what is under the kilt today? I'm so glad you asked. I'm sure that you couldn't even see it because it was like camouflaged. But mm. underneath the kilt today is a tartan tammy. So it's just like blending in. I did like a tartan on tartan situation. Well, like a so, mannequin thing. No, like, like, a, like a bonnet. Okay. Why is it under your kilt? I don't know. It was like, it's, 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 it's not, I don't, it's not hat weather right now. I got self-conscious about the hat, so I so I tucked it under under my kilt. Is that not? You know, there's been a few weeks, and I thought this bit was going to be a zinger. I don't know why you would think that. I don't know why you would ever expect that of me, Adam. Okay, okay. Well, I suppose... if that's not, I keep I keep bringing things under the kilt, and you keep telling me there that that's not what we have under the kilt. So you clearly know better. You tell me what's under the kilt today. Okay, I will. I shall. I don't even know why I ask you anyway. Because you enjoy making fun of me? <laughs> that is always that. Right, so today we've got a fantastic guest. Uh, she is uh, an award-winning actress uh, from stage, television and radio. Uh, lots and lots of amazing um, work under her belt. Um, she has... Um, she has her own podcast called The Cultural Coven, which has had some uh, fantastic guests on it. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe if she's listening to this intro, she can maybe, you know, tell them about 
about this podcast. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know, we can always ask, can't we? That's the only thing we can do. We can just ask, and the, the worst thing she can say is, eh, fuck off, right? And then hit leave meeting. <laughs> Everyone, it is our pleasure to introduce to you Nicola Roy. Nicola, thank you so much for coming on our show. Thank you for having me and what an introduction. I'm honoured. Thank you. I was loving your banter there. I was trying to not laugh (laughs) and not ruin it. I mean... It would make it would make me feel better if somebody laughed instead of just. <laughs> I did wonder. I was like, "What? Well, I want you to have that tumbleweed moment," but I thought, "No, I can't because I'm going to muck up the edit, so I better be quiet." <laughs> we'll just add a. We'll add some crickets in the uh, in yeah, in the edit. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Nat did ask for at some point like a laughter track and stuff just to kind of like help bolster her comedy, but you know, it just. I I need it. Yeah. You are harsh. Listen, you Nicola, are listen, harsh, listen. Adam, listen. Every I guest. was killing myself laughing. <laughs> Every guest. Now, listen, I might have put up some kind of callous, right? Because. Every guest that comes on here has some kind of little sarcastic sideswipe to me. And it always seems to be me. Like, get those, get the tiny violins out, right? There might but, be a common denominator then, right? If it's always you. Do you think right, there's something see, happening? The common denominator is that they don't feel comfortable insulting me, but Adam's <laughs> fair game. <laughs> no, at that's all. That's why I that's why I, I turn on you. Yeah. That's fine. It's a beautiful rivalry we've we've created here. It's a great little dynamic of it. Very good. Very good. Well, well we're happy to have so. you join it. Thank today. you very much. I can be the plus one or something, right? Yeah. Well, and in that regard, feel free to insult Adam, but only say nice things <laughs> to me. Game on. <laughs> you bring it on it's yourself, right. I'm Adam. Used to, I'm just you used bring to it now. on yourself. Uh, Nicola, where are you? Where are you calling in from? Well, I'm calling in from my bedroom, which currently looks like a soft play area because it's got lots of uh, cushions to try and uh, dumb the sounds of my sultry tones. And this room is in Edinburgh, the capital city of Scotland. Um, So yeah, I'm in my flat and my sister is in the other room who I share the flat with and she is uh, listening to things with earphones because I've instructed her to be quiet. Uh, I love I love designated quiet hour. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, Nicola? I'm glad you've told us that Edinburgh is the capital of Scotland. That's one thing, at the very least, we've told people and ourselves to sort of just to remind ourselves of it. Yeah. I mean, so if, if nothing else comes from this show, at least we know that, right? Yeah, it's not Glasgow. It's Edinburgh. It's Edinburgh. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> That's correct. Meanwhile, Adam calling in from Glasgow. <laughs> <Yeah>. Hi. <laughs> The second best city, the wannabe capital of Scotland. Aye, the wannabe. Well, Edinburgh does get uh, the sort of nickname of all for coat and knee knickers, right? And yes. I kind of somewhat agree, if I'm honest. You know, the Edinburgh, but but in its defence, the Edinburgh that um, I hear people talk of, oh, it's so middle class, it's not the Edinburgh I know or the Edinburgh I grew up in. Yes, it exists, but it's not my day-to-day Edinburgh. I mean, it's no. a beautiful place, but... Um, it's not, you know, it, it's real. It's not, it's not as polished as everyone says. Yeah. I'm still hung up on the all on fur coat and no knickers. I've, <laughs> oh, yeah. This is not a phrase wanna... that I've heard before, and I oh, am amazing. enjoying it. <laughs> so I think it comes probably a lot from probably Glasgow, probably folk in the West, to be honest, um, who think that Edinburgh's a bit kind of stuck up. But they say all fur coat, so on the surface it looks kind of all fur coat and money, and then they say, but it's knee knickers, so it's all a bit kind of. Um, it's tongue in cheek, but it's meant to be that 
yeah, Edinburgh's not really what I think it what it thinks it is, or the people of Edinburgh pretend to be something they're not. Yeah. Um, and it's probably true to an extent. <laughs> I think I think it would it could also be um, you know you can use another example which kind of mirrors that, which is um, a champagne lifestyle on a lemonade budget. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably it's my life. Like, yeah, it's like oh, yeah. <laughs> Every, all three of us just were like. Yeah, I relate to that. Yeah, yeah. we work in the that. arts. That's that <laughs> the is our life. like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. mm-hmm. we love a wee f- a free press night wine, though, right? My I favorite mean. is to oh, press. Oh, there was a theater that I used to work at in Chicago that their opening night gala. They always had like a signature martini, and so my I would always like bring a friend as a plus one, and we would just be like, "This is." It was like the only time we ever drank like Cosmos, and we were like, "We're fancy." <laughs> I love it. Like bankers get bonuses, we get. Free Free wine on press night (laughs) and usually it's quite rough wine as well although the best stuff I ever had on a press night um I was doing an Ian Rankin show I I actually talked about him uh, on my own podcast and he is sponsored by uh what's the which whiskey is it Highland Park whiskey and obviously he's a really famous crime novelist and he has a big following and we did this play and it was brilliant. And for the first time, um, it was at the Lyceum Theatre in Edinburgh and we came off stage at press night and there was four floors of whiskey, whiskey cocktails, neat whiskey. It was the first time I've ever seen bouncers on the Lyceum Theatre door because people were either getting escorted out because they were too pissed or people were trying to get in for the free drink. It was a great night. So what we're saying yes. is we we need a booze sponsorship in order yes. so that we can so we have more quality control over the alcohol that we're offered at press night. Absolutely. That's Maybe it. we should That's both get one for our podcast, right? Get some booze sponsorship. Let's manifest it. And, and, <laughs> and out there. And Nicola, who sponsors your po- uh, podcast? Is it Salt and Sauce? Oh yeah, of course. That's one of my <laughs> uh, main questions at the end. I judge a person on do you have chippy sauce or no chippy sauce and there's only none. one right answer ah right mm, quick See, fire question because i i went out so right there's a thing in edinburgh not right it's called salt it's salt and sauce and if you get a poke of chips and they'll ask you and now i'm from the east coast and we don't have that in dundee and i was in edinburgh and i was a little bit tipsy and they said salt and sauce and i was like what and they're like do you want salt and sauce and i went i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> No what, way. what is this yeah i didn't know it's so does it like, sort of i know it's an edinburgh thing but i always kind of thought it floated over to fife a bit and maybe a bit further up but no just no, i think I mean, it just stops in edinburgh then, salt right? and vinegar and brown sauce is what i ask for but it's yeah but like edinburgh chippy sauce is unique it is something that um i used to actually buy bottles of when i lived in london have it sent down and it is a a mixture of brown sauce vinegar and water but it's very specifically um measured out and it's beautiful i mean (laughs) it sounds hideous but it's amazing and i just i really do judge a person on it if you just have like salt on your chips like you're missing out no i mean i I like vinegar brown sauce and Okay, here's my criticism of salt right. and sauce. It's too watery, and it it goes straight through your chips, and it sits in the tray. Right, but you've potentially gone to the wrong chippy because there is some chippies that water it down so much. I believe so there you maybe go. to save on a bit of money. Who knows? Um, but yeah, if you go to a good you recommend chippy, anywhere the Concord Chippy by the King's okay. Theatre. Okay, in Edinburgh. There you go. It's one of the there best. You go. Everyone listening, Concord Chippy. Yeah, I'm just like fascinated. I'm just like okay. (laughs) 
I, I, <laughs> feel, I feel fancy when I reach for the malt vinegar at a restaurant <laughs> instead of instead of the ketchup, instead of the this Heinz 57. Is, I mean, it really is like the sort of least fancy thing, you know, to go for. But it's kind of like, you know, the end of the night, you've had a few drinks. There's nothing better than a bag of chips with some chippy sauce in it. Really mm. good. I mean, you had you have me at vinegar in pretty much any form. I'm always like, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that does remind me. I'll, I'll, for any Midwesterners who are listening, Midwesterners in, in America who are listening, there's a pizza chain called Monocle's Pizza. And they're mostly, the only ones that I know of are at, like in central Illinois. And they have like a secret sauce. It's French dressing but it's like slightly different. It's tangier. They just call it their like special tangy sauce or something. Sweet and it's tangy. It's past its use by date. <laughs> yeah. It's a sweet and tangy sauce. And one time my mother-in-law did get me a bot, like break, cause they're, they're not up here by Chicago, but they bring me um, a, a bottle for Christmas sometimes. And it will last me until the next Christmas. It's just, I don't know if you guys put like French dressing or ranch dressing on your pizza, but I recommend it. Maybe we could do a swap. I'll send you some chippy sauce and you can send me some of this sauce over, right? The thing is, though, chippy sauce does come in, um, like, they tend to sell you it in glass juice bottles, as yeah, you do. that's right, they do. Because people finish the bo- juice bottles, take them back, and I think they get five pence for the little, or they used to, for the little cap. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then they just yeah. fill them with brown sauce and sell them on. There you go. There you go. There you are. So, Nicola, you're from Edinburgh, I right? I am, yes. Okay. Yes. So, b- born, born, born and raised on chippy sauce. Yes, it is a staple in Edinburgh along with red cola. Um, oh, my goodness. Bars red cola. Uh, my what big a blast brother used from the to, past. Yeah, my big brother used to get to drink that. And um, my sister and I were about, uh, it's about 10 years between me and my brother, so I wasn't allowed it. And I grew up being really jealous of it because you always have that with your chips, right? Um, but yeah, mm. I'm, I'm now quite a fan. Yeah, so that was, it's a staple. But yeah, I grew up in Edinburgh and I have lived, I lived in London for six years when I went to drama school and then was stayed there for a while working and then just realised that I was incredibly lucky actually to grow up in Edinburgh. I am... Um, I vividly remember coming back on the train into Waverley Station and getting out and seeing the castle and bursting into tears. I mean, how sad is that? Seeing Edinburgh <laughs> Castle. Oh, I missed you. Just I didn't realise, I just didn't realise how much I loved Edinburgh until I left it, to be honest. Yeah. Or how unusual it was to grow up in a city that had a volcano smack in the middle of it. Uh, well, a distinct, uh, sorry, a distinct, I can't even speak. A volcano in the middle of it with um, a castle on top of it. It's quite, it is quite unusual, but I just used to see it every day and not realise. Um, you yeah, just take then, it for granted, don't you? Yeah, totally. And just, and yeah, particularly during the lockdown, I think I've um, found a real passion again for Scotland and what we have on our doorstep. Yeah, absolutely. It's amazing. You just jump in the car and like yeah. 20, 25 minutes you're in, you can be up in the middle of nowhere. It's, yeah. It's fantastic. It's incredible. I live on a side of Edinburgh, um, the south side of Edinburgh, and it's right by the Pentland Hills. And um, you, f- yeah, just forget that you know, in five minutes, five minutes, I can basically be out the door, walking around the Pentlands. But I am still in the city. Really, it's not a, a huge city. It's really easy to get around. It's beautiful, and it's built on seven hills, so it's quite a windy city. And it's called the Athens of the North because of the architecture. Yeah, mm. it's, it's all right, Edinburgh. It's quite pretty. It's actually. all right, like it's, p- no, it's all right. 
Okay, it's quite quite pretty, eh, Adam? Uh, you like to visit for the day, we'll let you in sometimes, eh? Uh, and the pipers and that, eh, on the street and that. Aye, the pipers, the castle, the Royal Mile, there's a palace, <laughs> what more do you want? Okay. <laughs> Good booze. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring that back in. Hi, now. <laughs> I, I can be outside of Chicago in about usually 30 minutes because traffic gets really bad and once I'm outside of Chicago I can see suburbs and corn yay no I want to go to Chicago it sounds cool I'll show you around uh we have buildings that aren't as old as you do <laughs> we talk about it a but lot I bet, they, I bet they've got better roofs and don't leak and stuff yeah nope. be <laughs> I make no promises not even that <laughs> One time, uh, sh- the Chicago River started to drain into the basements of the buildings downtown because th- somebody, there was like basically an old tunnel that ran under the river that like couriers used and it caved in a little bit and it hadn't been used in ages. So it wasn't raining and all of the downtown buildings started to like flood in their cellars and in like the pedways we have underground. And they were just like, where is this water coming from? And somebody was standing on one of the bridges over the Chicago River and basically saw like as if somebody had, oh, vocab word, as if somebody had pulled the plug out of the kundi and it was was swirling down. And they're like, "Um, I think I found where the water is coming from. So we, uh, everything leaks and we've caught fire multiple times and we're doing great. That Can you guys be left alone? <laughs> nope. <laughs> the cun- Did you say kundi? Yeah. That- one yeah. of the words. Wow. It's one of the vocab words that I've learned from Adam when he I came and guested it. on uh, on our other podcast, Shared History. I thought you might have said, I thought you said something else. And I thought, oh, oh, okay. But no, no, it was definitely, that's why I had to clarify. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. We've also um, said, we've also said that on the podcast a couple times. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I guess, I was going to ask like what's like a favorite bit of uh edinburgh history unless that is what you've brought to us today in which case i don't no spoilies uh but the it I, it's so cool whenever you're anywhere that you're literally surrounded by history all the time and being actually aware of that and it's hard not to be aware of that when there's a literal castle it's a little bit more yeah. in your face um but is there is there something that you like didn't know growing up about Edinburgh, like a little bit of Edinburgh history that you find particularly fascinating that you might want to share? Sure. I mean, I, I, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about it later. But um, there is, I mean, Edinburgh is full of history. Every corner you turn, you see something. Um, it was originally a very, very small city with the old town um, and it's expanded massively over the last few years um one of the most fascinating facts about edinburgh that kind of blows my mind is um so edinburgh as we know it now really is a city built on top of a city because when there was the plague i would have to find out exactly which year that was but uh adam you might be able to help me out here when was it kathleen will be googling it right now okay but it was many hundred year, of years ago. Is it bad that my ago? instinct was which plague, which time? <laughs> the, the, the Great Plagues, the, the Great Plagues, I think it was about three, I think, yeah, well, we'll find out the exact year, but many hundreds of years ago. Um, and 
Edinburgh particularly suffered from uh, this horrendous disease and they couldn't shift it. So they started um, just to decide, you know, if you have the plague, put a, a mark on your door, uh, board up your doors. And then they just slowly built on top of the city. So people were just left to die. Um, and actually, there's a street called Mary King's Close, which is one of the most famous streets that was boarded up. And um, in 2003, um, people went down, started digging it up, and the public now can go on tours. It's allegedly very haunted, um, but you can see the streets that were boarded up. You can see the remains of the doors of the houses that people died in um it's not a very pleasant <laughs> pleasant thing but it's kind of fascinating that was the only way they felt that they could deal with the plague and, and get rid of it so um the streets wow. that we walk about the cobbled streets are very historic but there's even older below them so and that is below the royal mile which is the one of the main streets in edinburgh's old town which runs from edinburgh castle right down to the palace it is one mile long hence the royal mile the name um, yeah, so, but I mean, Edinburgh has a lot of fascinating history. One other little fact I'd just like to throw in there, which kind of makes me laugh, is we have more statues of animals than women. Classic. I never knew that. <laughs> I mean, Classic. we're a very progressive city now and very forward thinking. And I, I don't think it necessarily was any more kind of outdated in its thoughts than anywhere else, really. Um, but yeah, apparently. There's just been a lot of statues built in honor of men because we um we were one of the we were the medical capital of Europe for a long time. Uh, we're very progressive in medicine, but uh, and women were a big part of that. They just didn't build them statues, unfortunately. But they did wow, to dogs. I've never I've never heard of that before. Of there being more of the, just so many statues of dudes. Yeah, right. That's and dogs here. And dudes they and they dogs. Love a dog. Dudes they and love dogs. A dog. I mean, we do have a very cute dog. Story of a dog, Greyfriars Bobby. But um, yeah. a really famous story that Disney made a film of. But uh, I think women have done more, to be honest. I, I wouldn't even argue that point. <laughs> Adam's like, like for like two reasons. One, because I would lose. Two, because I'd be wrong. Uh, yeah. And three, because we've not been bullying Adam that much and he doesn't want us to turn on him so quickly. <laughs> well, I mean, all of that, but also it's true. <laughs> but like, you know, when, when men are in charge of building statues and bricking people up for forced lockdown, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, how can we get these people to lock down? Let's just brick them up. Let's just exactly. bury them Is alive. that actually what happened? Yeah. I mean, our lockdown's not been great, but at least we're not, yeah. Being bricked yeah. and kind of thing. Sixteen forty-five. Thank would be, you. Would be that. Yes, thank you very much for that. Kathy. I was, but truly, I was like, which plague? There was like one in the five hundreds, one in the thirteen hundreds, <laughs> another one in like eighteen ninety-four. Don't know if you knew this. One last year. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, no, not clear. It just keeps coming round. Every it's hundred almost years, like right? we can't be trusted. <laughs> yeah, it's like bacteria is like, listen, guys. Totally. You're, you're getting above your station. Kind of is though, right? Like Mother Nature, like, hi, hey, on. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. Yeah. on. I'm going to show you. Yeah. That's so interesting. The the city city built on top of the city. I did not know that. Yeah, there's quite a lot of of those areas have reopened. I mean, it's a bit spooky when you go down there, and um, you can see in some areas you can see quite a lot. Uh, remnants of homes and things and other areas you can't so much 
Um, but it is definitely a little bit creepy. And obviously Edinburgh is allegedly uh, the most haunted city in Europe. So may- maybe that's why. Maybe. maybe and that's Adam why. loves ghosts. So <laughs> I love Adam. Maybe our Ouija Ouija board is wrong. Maybe we did. What's a, what's the, um, what are, what's a nickname for if you're from Edinburgh? Yeah, oh. What is the nickname? I know it's hard. People don't really tend to um, give us one. Some people say Edinburgher, but it's never really yeah, stuck. I mean, thing? you have a Ouija for Glasgow, but. Yeah, so Ouija, Glaswegian, Dundonians for Dundee, Aberdonians, Aberdeen. Yeah, there's not. Edinburgh. You guys are too cool for a nickname. Yeah, that's what it is. You have hit the nail on the head. Um, <laughs> I think it's, yeah, I think some people say Edinburghers. Yeah. It's, yeah, we don't really have one. Well, then I can't help you because it's it's easier to to merchandise a Ouija Ouija board. So, oh, yeah. and that's what it's all about. I'll be honest with you; that needs to happen. Don't a worry, Ouija Ouija board. Are you kidding me on? You're yeah, onto you something. You really I... are. <laughs> we're just like we're never no. going to stop talking about the Ouija Ouija board. It's we, the no, best idea could, we've ever had. You could make your millions here. Like that is a very good, sto- very I know, good idea. Right. I know, that's what I said mm. in episode one, do you know? Goodness, I love and we're like, it. what, six in? And we're why, still Adam, about why it. do I feel like you have a good idea and then you just look at me like, <laughs> do make it, make, do it. Am <laughs> I a, Stock am, and fillers for 2021. I'm a wizard, apparently. <laughs> don't want to be, uh, don't want to be a witch in Scotland or America or anywhere. You do know that um, Harry Potter is was born in Edinburgh. You do know this, right? Like, you know, J.K. Rowling lives in Edinburgh. Oh, J.K.? Like, you know, yes. J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Did you say J.K.? Did you say... Yeah. <gasps> yeah. You know, my mate. <laughs> J.K. You'll get done if she hears you saying that. I know. She'll cast a spell. <laughs> Shazam. I mean, you know, I'm not entirely sure how politically correct it is to say these things anymore, so... It's a sort of slang word for a homeless person, isn't it? But yes. Yes, exactly. All right. Yeah. Adam, you're cancelled. Um... <laughs> It's going to be really weird hosting a Scottish history well, Nicola, podcast without a I'll, Scott. I'll so, Nicola, you want to be my co-host? I'm on, now? thanks. Great, cool. All right. <laughs> bye, Adam. It was nice. Uh, okay, bye then. Okay, bye. <laughs> We're going to hit pause real quick for everyone's favorite game, Talking Scots. Oh, Talking Scots. This is my favorite. It's, it's Adam's. Adam's just like all day, every day. Gosh, I wish. I'd be like a coiled spring. <laughs> I wish that I could that I could talk some Scots with some Americans. <laughs> it's all I've ever to dreamed. add to the list. I I there's a whiteboard in my podcasting studio with all of my new vocabulary words. Let's See. welcome back my partner in Americanness, our producer Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. I thought you were gonna say partner in the womb for some reason. We were we're not twins. We were not <laughs> four years apart. Yeah, same womb, different timeline. I'm in a good place for this right now. Yeah. Clearly. Oh man, uh, Kathleen and I are going to use our very big brains to mm-hmm. understand Scots. We're fully immersing ourselves. We need another vocabulary word. So Nicola. What is our word today? The word is baffies. Now, is that baffies with two F's as in like Frank? 
Yes, B A F F I E S. Baffies. It's not slang for the BAFTAs. It's certainly not. That was the first place I went. It could be. Is it a a bathrobe? And I know that we just established that it's F's, but I like the idea of being like, I'm going to snuggle in my baffy after a nice bath. It's not, but it's not that far away. Kind of, in some ways. I was going to say maybe it's uh, baffies, as in it's like crazy old ladies and they're like you know she's got a case of the baffies <laughs> and they're wrong oh yeah she's no, baffies she... like uh just a bunch of like daft old ladies yeah no but i like that a bunch of people. check that gaggle of baffies out look, of the street and look exactly. at them bro baffies <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. she's been left alone for too long she's one of the baffies now <laughs> so is that can, can, can we can we get it in context and see what you yes. guys? Okay. Here, junior baffies are offy, bro. Uh, 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 you're. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. I still want to say a bathroom. <laughs> Your baffies are awfully bra. Is that what you said? Yeah. Offy bra. Offy bra. Is the end of it saying like they're great? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got uh, that part. In stats. I get a oh. point. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Jean, I love the color of the baffies. Your eyes. Curtains. Your, your... curtains. Um, sheets. Your baffies comfy. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Blanket. Or or how about uh, pajamas? Your... Oh, okay. We're getting yeah. there. Take your shoes off and get your baffies on. Slippers! Slippers! Yes! <laughs> That's what I was I was gonna say that. Like, <laughs> take your shoes off, put your baffies on. Put your baffies on. Oh, I like that one. It's a very kind of old lady word for your slippers, but oh, I love it. That's why like I went shoes. with the crazy old lady. Yeah. And I, I my nan used to say hoose coat for, for a bathrobe. Oh, yeah, your house yeah. coat your yeah. house coat and baffies. Your baffies. Oh, I'm I am Kathleen, we're going to be so prepared to for our full wait. transition into <laughs> baffy old ladies in our house coats and baffies. When we go visit Adam, though, oh, my God, so many words. Yeah, when we go to Scotland to visit Adam and everyone else we interview, we're just going to speak in Scots the whole time. We're going to yeah, sound we're... ridiculous with our American We're accent. not going to do the accent because we've established no. I can't. Oh, please like, do the hey, accent. Please do the oh accent. My god. Like, oh my god, guys. Hey guys. Can we gotta boot the tune? <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, I'd really like to go out, but it's a bit dreek outside. No, you have to say it with, yeah, just just not it's, even. A, roll your arse. Roll there's your arse. There's a muckle storm. There's a muckle dreek storm going on. Sorry, I can't do it without rolling the arse. It's good. Big, no, it's good. I have big feet, so I wear muckle baffies. <laughs> no accent. Just yeah, it sounds it sounds so great when we say it. Yeah. We'll check in on my accent later, I'm sure. Yeah. But this has been talking Scots, and I got another point on the board. So count it. I'd say it's like three quarters of a point. You know what? I'm gonna throw a baffy at you. <laughs>
So, Nicola, are you, is your whole family from Edinburgh? Yeah, well, yes. So, my mum's mum was from England. Um, mm-hmm. She was from Yorkshire, but her um, her father was from Scotland and he was called Jock. Course. There you go, right? Really traditional Scottish name. But yeah, all my the rest of my family, my other grandparents are from Edinburgh. My great grandfather, I believe, came from Wick, so really far up the north of Scotland. Um, but he died when my grandmother was ten from the flu, apparently. Um, which oh. is pretty sad. And you kind of go you go I know I know you can die from flu, but it's but I've not really heard of anybody else that I know. Yeah. Um, but back then, there was, wasn't, was you know, you didn't have your flu vaccinations or anything. So, yeah, so he was from Wick, but the rest of, the rest of us just from Edinburgh. We just, just stick around the central belt, apparently. Yeah. There you go. You were like, I have seven hills and a castle. That's it. I <laughs> yeah, mean, exactly. what more do you want? But, you know, it's funny. I was, I was in, uh, I went to Isle of Skye twice during lockdown. Beautiful. And I'm ashamed to say I'd never been before. And it's absolutely stunning. And the yeah. skies there just look like they're being painted by Disney. And there's a small part of me that's going, should I just move to Skye? Maybe I'll <laughs> break the trend, the Edinburgh trend. Maybe I'll just go to Skye because I could record podcasts from there and, you know, could drive down the road for acting work. It'll be fine. You could. I mean, I'll probably you last could. a weekend. I mean, there's a bridge, though. right? <laughs> Good. I mean, and then I go. Actually, it's lovely to holiday there. It's lovely to have a weekend there. But in reality, I'll probably be tearing my hair out, you know, within two weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's why um, our our friend Richard Rankin goes there to take photographs. He, he's taken a lot of photographs up there. What? Well, why uh, was he take just taking photographs? Because he's got you know he does photography. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Time. Um and. Uh, He's taken some absolutely stonking pictures on it's, Sky. It's just beautiful. I can't quite believe it's real. It's just, yeah, it's unlike anywhere else I've ever been before. Yeah. Um, yeah sorry, I, when you, I knew he was taking pictures for photography. I thought you meant he was about to move there. I thought that's what you were saying. I was like, what? No, but he probably <laughs> just pops, pops out there, takes a couple <laughs> pictures, <laughs> returns to civilization. Does a five-hour yeah. drive, takes a few photos, comes back. Yeah, fuck it. That's devotion that's for you right there. It is right. Well, do you know what I discovered on my way up there as well, actually? So my mum's surname was uh, Asher, and um, which is quite an unusual last name. Apparently yeah. it comes from um, the lost tribe of Israel, which is in the Bible, apparently. So somewhere back in history, our family are from Israel. Must be many generations. So, yeah. um, And when you go up the north of Scotland, there's all these ice cream and whiskey shops called Asher, and they're my family's. And I was like, do I go in and be like, Hey, can I get some free ice cream and some whiskey? But I wasn't drunk enough to do it. <laughs> so I just like You needed a couple of rounds of ice cream and whiskey before yeah. you could ask could for, ask for free some ice cream. Do you go and say, can I have some ice cream, whiskey and some kind of inheritance? <laughs> I know, right? So you're my mum's second cousin. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? Have you done your will yet? <laughs> oh, dear. Please yeah. leave, me, leave me all of the ice cream in the will. That's what I want. Exactly. Or just the shop. Yeah. So probably make loads of money, right? <laughs> I'm an actor. We're, you know, we're actors, man. We, we need some support. <laughs> so, Nicola, we have to ask. We have to ask. Now, we, we, we don't, we obviously don't know what our guests are going to talk about. In the main, I mean, sometimes I've been given a whisper from the actual guest if, like, you know, it's a really, really close pal or whatever. Okay. And although we've been chatting back and forward 
Uh, we've not in any way spoken about what you are here to talk about today. So what? Mm, why no. are you here? Yes, yeah, so I was sworn to secrecy and mm-hmm. I can keep a secret for a few days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm in the circle of trust. I was not going to let you know. So I've kind of slightly touched on that subject. Could anybody uh-huh. guess? Oh my God. Is it? Um, is it the Mary King's clothes? Kind of. kind of. I was just going to guess something vaguely in the Royal Mile, so... Salt and sauce. Yeah. <laughs> it's salt and sauce. That's it right. is ghosts, Edinburgh ghosts. <gasps> what? Ghosts? And what I ghosts? know you don't believe Fucking, in them, Adam. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Right? You've been telling, you've been saying, talk to Adam about ghosts. I no, they've not, honest to God, nobody said to me, I emailed over saying this is what I'm going to chat about, and they were like, Great, because Adam doesn't believe in a goal and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, I am. Let's I do am. it. Let now. I just want to let you know. Stoked. That I am very cynical. Okay. And and I just want to put my cards on the table and say that I think if you believe in ghosts, you will see ghosts. Hmm. and if you believe in yourself you can achieve whatever you set your mind to (laughs) including seeing and being a ghost thank you for that infomercial (laughs) i think i'm almost just too scared not to believe um because then i think well they'll come and haunt me or something but uh, i also (laughs) i also am I, I also like to think that we go somewhere after we die. I don't want to think that's it. What, so I want to think Edinburgh? your spirit goes somewhere. <laughs> uh, hang, hanging about the chippies, waiting for your chippy sauce. Um, yeah, I, I like to think your spirit goes somewhere, but um, I, I'm not sure really what I believe in. I definitely think I felt something before, which was at the Lyceum Theatre, which is also a very famous Edinburgh ghost. But yeah, Edinburgh, growing up, well, growing up in Edinburgh, you are very aware of all these ghost stories and folklore because mm-hmm. apparently it is one of the most haunted cities in the world. And um, whether it's all true or not, I don't know. But uh, I became more interested in it recently. I did um, a production of uh, Christmas Carol at the Lyceum Theatre, but it was uh, an adaptation which was moved to Edinburgh and they made the three ghosts based on the ghosts of Edinburgh, so these stories that we grew up hearing. Okay. One of which is the story of the Green Lady. And this is a true, this, whether her ghost exists or not is up for grabs, but her story is real. This happened in Edinburgh. Would you like to know? Of course. Okay. I'm actually intrigued to hear about the story. Let's do it. Okay. So the Green Lady um, was a real woman uh, who lived in Edinburgh in 1715 and she was called Elizabeth Pittendale. Now, Elizabeth um, moved to the area of Morningside, which to this day is a very prestigious area of Edinburgh. It's somewhere that I aspire to live in. Can you do Um, the accent? Yeah. 
Morningshire. This is where Adam. This and the 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 phrase "all fur coat and no knickers" comes from Morningshire, where they all sort of speak like this. Oh yes, she that's lovely. It's all very. It's a little bit of Sean Connery going on in that area too. You know, they love a wee sibling ass, and um, you know, they all, it's all about tea mornings and and church mornings. It's be- everything's beautiful. You know, they're very and they're lovely people in Morningside, and they have a lot of money. And, <laughs> Um, and it's all no, no. I don't trust them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all kind of grand houses and it's beautiful. And even then that was the same. And this lady, Elizabeth, um, married a much older man called Sir Thomas Elphinstone. Um, oh, that's a name. Right? And I just had, really like that name. I know, right? Elphinstone. And he had recently... Yeah. <laughs> maybe he was, maybe... Maybe that's who it's been. It's an artifact. We have to go fetch the Elfin Stone. The Elfin Stone, I know, right? It sounds like, like some period drama. Yeah. And um, he had recently lost his wife and uh-huh. very quickly remarried and uh, remarried Elizabeth. And Elizabeth had been in love with somebody else before she married Sir Thomas, but she never um, divulged this information to Sir Thomas. And she'd been in love with a man called Jack Courage. And Jack, Another good name. Great, I know. Courage. Names. <laughs> and Jack was placed overseas um, with work. And apparently, despite their love, they split up. So she marries Sir Thomas. And one evening, Sir Thomas tells Elizabeth that his son will be returning um, from the army or from military service. Um, and Elizabeth opens the door and is shocked to discover that her husband, Sir Thomas's son, was actually Jack Courage. So Jack moves back into the house and they begin this love affair. This is a soap opera. Totally, right? <laughs> I mean, what? I know. Why is this not? I want to play these like Elizabeth. <laughs> I want to be on stage. Um, and Sir Tom, so Sir Thomas catches them. And this night... Um, he violently begins fighting with his son and Elizabeth gets in the middle. So she's tangled up in their brawl and she was murdered. Um, and Sir Thomas was very remorseful and he committed suicide. But Jack, courage, not very courageous, runs away um, and Elizabeth is buried and he then, his father is buried as well. And Jack then starts renting out the home that it was his father's and Elizabeth's. And people move in and ever since then, there's been loads of reports of strange things happening, like windows breaking, noises in the middle of the night. And they believe that Elizabeth haunts this house and doesn't want anyone else to claim it. Now, the reason she's called the Green Lady is because she was murdered in her green dress. And there's been a lot of sightings across Edinburgh of a ghost in green um, haunting the local school. Um, the tales then further expanded that you sometimes see her carrying a red baby that she was the there's a rumor that she was pregnant when she was murdered um, and she's one of the most famous um, ghosts of Edinburgh and I'm kind of fascinated by her and the kind of tragedy and I mean it's true that that, that those events happened and the tragedy yeah. of her death um, yeah so I've grown up with that I mean there's lots of, I've got a few other ghost stories as well but that is one of my favorites I'll be honest with you I love the, I love the stories like the true like, you know the true crime stories they're amazing yeah. Yeah, right. You know, Adam's just like, I just don't believe that they're out there <laughs> slumming it the on po- the streets of the Edinburgh policeman in you just doesn't even know. I don't even believe it. <laughs> oh. um, but I mean, there's a lot of other ones. The other famous one, which was also one of the ghosts in our um, play, was um, I think it was the ghost of the 
was it the ghost of the past? So yeah, so these ghosts were then put into a version of Dickens' Christmas Carol. Um, one of them was the headless drummer. Have you heard of the headless drummer? No, I've heard of no. nearly headless Nick. <laughs> well, the drummer. headless, yeah, it's a really famous Scottish ghost. Um, apparently, it's a headless, a, a, a young boy who haunts Edinburgh Castle. Um, in 1650, he was a, a young soldier who was sent down um, one of the sort of galleys down there and um, was killed. It was just before um, Oliver Cromwell and his men attacked Edinburgh Castle. And there is hundreds or thousands of stories of this headless drummer you apparently can hear him knocking at night um, or drumming at night um, in the middle of the night in Edinburgh Castle he haunts the halls and you don't know can I can I just interject here for a second right okay I went to this I went to this hotel for a wedding okay right and while it was one of those weddings that were like, you just charge this to your room. And you know when you get drunk, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> I'll have that and that and that. Put it on room 236. And then you wake up the next day and you're like, how much? <laughs> I'm hungover, <laughs> don't tell me that. <laughs> but I was, I was the, the bar staff were like, what floor are you on? And I was like, oh, floor two, whatever the room was. And he was like, oh, that's the, uh, that's the most haunted part of the hotel. And I was like, is it? And he was like, yeah, yeah. I went, and what happens? I went, oh, wait a minute. Do you want to tell me? Because if, if I don't know and I hear it, then that really confirms that there could potentially be a ghost, right? And he went, well, I mean, it, the, the, the people, people say their, their door gets knocked in the middle of the night. And I was like, really? A ghost is just knocking on doors in this hotel? Is that what you're saying? Like chicken alley, do you know? That's the that's what I, that's what we would call chap chap door run. Yeah, yeah, chap door run. Yeah, and uh, and I was like, right, okay, very, very, you know, I was very dubious, and I think he picked up on this. I get to my bed about half past two in the morning, and I'm just getting into bed, and then the door doesn't just knock; it's like bang, 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 really, really quite violent. And I jumped for the door and threw it open and threw myself out in the hall, and I saw that bar staff running away down the corridor. Right, okay, yeah, well they were at it, definitely they were at it, and I do get what you're saying, that you can kind of, you can find something or conjure something up if you you want to, so you can, you know, if someone tells you there's a ghost there, then you'll start looking for signs that there's a ghost, so any creak you might, you will see is a ghost, but I do think there's definitely things that have happened that just cannot be explained, Mm -hmm. I had, the only time I felt something, I thought, um, was actually again at the Lyceum Theatre, it's a very old theatre in the middle of Edinburgh and it's believed that it's haunted by the ghost of Ellen Terry, who is a, um, I'm sure you both know, but for anyone who doesn't know, is a, a famous old English actress who in 1883 when the Lyceum opened, she was in the their opening production of Much Ado About Nothing and there's lots of stories of a, a lady in blue haunting the theatre. And I swear to God, right, I mean, I might have just been, like you say, you're told there's a ghost, so I might have uh, kind of, my imagination might have been in overdrive, but I was at stage right, waiting to go on, um, in the Cherry Orchard, it was my first show there, and the 
honestly, it went stone cold and I felt something move beside me and there was nobody else around. And I honestly, there's no other, there's no explanation for me. I felt a presence beside me. I don't know if she was trying to push me off the stage or she was trying to go on and she was pushing me away or she was telling me that my performance was shite, but she was there. She's like, I have notes. Just from yes, the ether, literally. she's like that. From the ether, she's like, limelight stealing bastard. She's like, I don't know. She's like, you're killing it. You're killing the show, get off. Um, but there was, there was something there and, I've n- and I'm always quite wary of that side of the wings now. I always get a little bit scared going over there. I think she's real. And how come then? How come it's always a lady in white, a lady in green, a lady in blue? Like we have vendettas right? to settle. Vendettas to settle. That's what it is. Yeah, they were wronged. Uh, I feel like in general, women are probably wronged more in life than men. I uh, So, and like we're, especially like the times of in history that we're talking about, even more put upon and oppressed, even less likely to feel like they can act on their emotions and get any sort of like revenge or payback while they're living so then when they're dead they're like all right hold my beer yeah uh, hold my ghost beer hold my like i could actually spend the rest of eternity in paradise but i'm going to kick about that old castle <laughs> just like knock on doors what which was the castle that you said the the headless drummer is in edinburgh castle okay so what you're saying is don't i don't want to go to edinburgh castle around Christmas, because if anyone starts playing the little drummer boy, I will start panicking. Yeah. Like you're just here, you like you're just like trying, like just enjoying a tour, and it's very quiet, and then a very eerie like, "Come, they told me." Wait, how's he singing? Out of his drum, <laughs> yeah. out of his neck. He's yes. miked for it's Christmas. Just a... Only Christmas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> True. But you know how we've got the one o'clock gun in Edinburgh, right? Yeah. You know this. Do you know Do that now? Do you know this, Natalie? No. Okay. I'm so... learning so much because Adam also said what I assume is just the Scots equivalent of ding dong ditching. That's what we call it in America. Oh, because we don't knock. Yeah. We don't knock. We we all have we all have doorbells because we're a baby country. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's... actually, no, actually knock a door. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> These like fun little knockers are just for decoration. Yeah, so we have in Edinburgh, we have, I mean, when I think about it, it's actually kind of crazy, right? But I'm just used to it. So at one o'clock every day without fail, there's a wee man who goes from into Edinburgh Castle and he fires the cannon and it's to tell the city that it's one o'clock and that has been going on for, Forever. I don't know, for Why a very, very, very long time. I'm actually not sure, to be honest. Um, there must be a reason why one o'clock, or, or a reason in the past, but one o'clock without fail, and he takes his duties very seriously, and crowds stand and watch him, and, you know, one o'clock, I mean, I, I, I used to think, oh, that'd be a great wee job, like, just, that's my only responsibility, get to work for one o'clock, fire the gun, but imagine if you forgot, or you, you, you know, you're a few minutes off, or, like, it's a lot of responsibility, actually. Um the whole so, yes. city would be so fucked off. <laughs> Wait, now that's my past. lunch hour. I've lost, I've lost five minutes of my lunch hour because that boy's not fired the, the cannon. What's going on? I like to think that in general, it's just to be like, if you had something at noon, you're late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or it's like, 
somebody with a it started because somebody had a teenager who would sleep until like 1 p.m and they're like you know what if you don't get up i'm gonna fire a fucking cannon uh our producer kathleen just messaged me to let me know to let us know that the firing of the gun dates back to 1861 when businessman john hewitt brought the idea to edinburgh from paris the gun is still fired every day at 1 p.m except on sundays good friday and christmas day because that's when the headless drummer plays instead that is um, what it is. But because I mean, obviously, he's right beside the headless drummer because it's on the castle esplanade, and I think it's probably to wake the ghosts up as well. You know, because there's also a very famous, apparently, um, the a poltergeist with the most sightings or um, in the world lives round the corner in Greyfriars Kirkyard, and I am telling you, that place is creepy. You go on school trips there, and before I even knew of this poltergeist, I would shipwrecks just walking in there. It's terrifying. Have you heard yeah. of the poltergeist? No, nope. I have not. Oh, hi. Have you been enjoying this week's episode? Nicola's pretty great, right? Then we agree. You should check out the Cultural Coven podcast hosted by Nicola herself. It's a podcast that celebrates Scottish arts and culture and explores the lives of its much-loved artists and figures. Artists like Outlander star Sam Hewen, who Nicola chatted with last series. Um, I was, I've been chatting to other guests about the fact that often when we go into this business, there is an expectation that we keep changing roles just due to the nature of it. Um, you, however, have been on Outlander for some time, which is amazing and offers you job stability. But is it ever difficult to keep your interest in playing the same character? How do you keep it fresh? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And I think um, it, it is, it probably would be hard. As I said before, I think Outlander has been so unique in that it, it's, it's you know, I've had so much to play. I mean, my character has gone mm. through, you know, he, he was a sort of young warrior, start, becomes a laird, becomes a father, he becomes a husband. Uh, a grandfather now we've been in battles he's been he's been abused he's been um he's been to the caribbean you know there's just so much to do on the yeah. show so um so it, it isn't hard however having said that yes of course i mean it, we all get burnt out and we all you know want to do other things but i think that's where it's been so great you know i've managed in my time off to fit in other projects and um, been able to do completely different things, you know, from sort of action movies to to character roles to to whatever. So, and, and also, sure. I guess the other creative side is um, that's kind of my outlet as well. You know, I've been producing my own stuff, whether it's writing or my my whiskey business or whatever. So, yeah, that's I guess yeah. how I keep myself kind of fresh. I guess. Right. The Cultural Coven podcast is produced in association with Edinburgh's Royal Lyceum Theatre and is available on all major podcast platforms. New series coming soon. Now, let's get back to the ghosties. Right, well, I... I was even, I'm even scared to read about the poltergeist because poltergeist is just another, another creepy thing. But um, yeah, apparently it is the uh, ghost of George Mackenzie who um, died in 1691 and he was a lawyer um, and I think the Lord Provost actually. 
Um, but he sort of prided um, himself in that he'd never um, lost a case. And he was uh, buried in Greyfriars Kirkyard, which is probably the most famous um, Kirkyard in Edinburgh. It's right in the heart of the old town. Um, has a lot of prolific uh, people were, were buried there. But um, in ni- there'd been a lot of... Um, rumours of sightings of this poltergeist but in 1999 a homeless man broke into the tomb of uh, I've heard this story have you heard this yes he broke into the tomb and um to you know to find shelter to, to for somewhere to stay for the night and ever since then things have really really ramped up in terms of um sighting there was a child who apparently went on a tour to Greyfriars Kirkyard and came out with scratches on his arm um, the council started taking it very very seriously um and the tomb is now completely sealed nobody can go near it nobody can go inside it um and yeah apparently it's the, the most prolific poltergeist in the world I'm see. I'm very much on your team, Nicola. Where I'm like, do I believe in ghosts, or am I too afraid to not believe in ghosts? Because I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't. Yeah, I don't exactly. need that in my life. So if does I that deny not mean by extension? Existence. But by extension, you do believe then? Because I don't want to. I would never want to say that I don't, because then Why? that's when the ghosts go. I'm a, I'm a fuck with this bitch. I, li- I liked earlier <laughs> yeah. when you said, you know, the, the, the cannon that gets fired wakes up the drummer. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, cut it out. Cut what, it out, yeah. cannon so man. The, drum, the drummer boy, what is that? Because he's got ears on his shoulders? <laughs> you know oh, what? Oh, yeah. No, he can still hear because he was decapitated, <laughs> wasn't he? So he's got, um, but yeah, like. Also I the vibrations it's... of. Oh, the... okay. Yeah, so, right. yes. How okay. insensitive, Adam. People, yeah, you know. gosh. <laughs> to the drummer boy. I mean, you know, and also he he only usually comes awake during the night. So then obviously it's quite insensitive as well to fire a cannon at one o'clock. He's going to get woken out of sleep. Yeah. I love rude. the historic stories attached to these ghosts, okay? I'm saying I love the stories behind, like, that it's the, it's the, the bit after. Right. <laughs> yeah. That I'm like, okay. I mean, I mean, it's a lovely story. It's a lovely story. Of... Are you a fan of Birkin here? I love, but see, that is a great story. Yeah. It's dark, and it's a great story. You on you go, crack on. Yeah. So, Natalie, have you heard of Birkin here? I'm assuming you might have. Maybe. I don't think so. No. Okay, oh, this is great. So, I mean, the, I mean, all of these are real people. Whether yeah. they come back to haunt the city or not is up for grabs, I suppose. But yeah, so um, in 1828, um, Burke and Hare were grave robbers in the city of Edinburgh. So at this time, Edinburgh was very much on the map um, in terms of medical science. It was very progressive in that area of work and they were doing a lot of um, medical research. So one of the people in the city who um, was doing that was Robert Knox and he and his house was um, carrying out, oh, sorry, yeah, me- basically dissections of bodies. And so they required bodies for this, and Burke and Hare saw a money-making scheme. And so they began initially by robbing graves. But um, things in Edinburgh were progressing very quickly, and they needed more bodies. So Burke and Hare decided to take to the streets and start murdering people. And apparently they got away with about 16 murders before they were caught. It was Proactive a, a, businessmen. Right, yeah. And, and their wives were in on it as well, I believe. Um, and... Uh, 
they were caught and Edinburgh is leading uh, the way in Europe as the centre of um, medicine, as I said. Their wives are in on the act. Um, they are caught murdering a lady called Mary. I can't remember her last name, unfortunately. I think they had tried to pass it off as a suicide and it was clearly it wasn't. It was murder. So uh, here was... Uh, presented with the opportunity to buy his innocence um, by giving evidence against work, which he did. It's still unclear as to whether the doctors were aware that these bodies were uh, murder, you know, were victims of murder. Um, and but, however, they didn't have any charges brought against them. So uh, Burke was then hung uh, in the city of Edinburgh, and here, um, yeah. Got away with it. Got away with murdering 16 folk. But I'm they were... going to go out on a limb and say the doctors knew but had like plausible deniability. And we're like, what? Probably, right? Because if, mean... if they were basically using the, body, the cadavers for research and more or less conducting autopsies, I think they would be like, wow, it's so weird that this guy has had a knife wound in his chest. <laughs> this guy's yeah. been garroted. Entrepreneurs though, right? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I like I would like to state for anyone who needed a um visual in their head during that story that for some reason the second you told you mentioned Burke and Burke and Hale, is that it? Burke and Hare. Hare. Burke and Hare. Uh yeah. that for whatever reason the mental image in my mind were Jasper and Horace from 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Disney's 101 you know Dalmatians. What? Yeah, that's it's probably pretty accurate. It's a great team. It's really? like immediately yeah. what my brain went. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Now I have an image for these murderers. They're cartoons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's actually, I, I, I think that's a pretty good um, kind of visual description of them. That's kind of how I imagine them as well. I mean, that's comedy. Kind of- one's got to be short and a little squat, one's got to be tall and skinny. I also imagine them to be quite rubbish, but clearly they were okay, actually. You know, they got away with 16 murders in a very short period of time. I think it was within 18 months or something they had murdered these people. And the city would be relatively small then. Yeah, they're all right. Must have made quite a lot of money doing it. Well, that's the thing. They were like, they were making a lot of money, weren't they? Like, exhuming bodies. the champagne lifestyle. (laughs) Just be careful when you're walking the streets of Edinburgh. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, that's kind of what I love about it. You know, I love that there's all these, um, there's obviously a lot of history, there's a lot of folklore behind the city. It is, um, well, we have the largest arts festival in the world and it kind of celebrates culture, but there's also this kind of dark side to it as well. Um, True. That I kind of love. That, but that Edinburgh's got that, isn't it? Like, because like there's every, it doesn't matter where you walk in Edinburgh, a, you'll be out of breath at some point. <laughs> yes. And and uh, and B, there uh, there are many what we would refer to as pendies, like little clo- like panda little bears, pen- pendies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. We do have little some pendies. <laughs> the classic Edinburgh panda bear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a squeeze. He's a ghost. <laughs> we actually do have a couple of pandas at the zoo. We do. Uh, That's yeah, they've just now, and for years it's been a, a story in the press. Has the panda had a baby yet? And the answer is always no. And this has been going on for it's top news in Edinburgh. It's been going on for about seven years now. Yeah. The press is always really interested in panda fucking, but this isn't about <laughs> that. Uh, what is are it? like little little hallways that go into the darkness. 
like okay. you know they're, they're little tiny roots that could that would go into like round to a back door of a of a block of flats or whatever um yeah. like a close like a it's it's yeah, yeah but if you remember adam i had to message you while i was reading something and be like hey adam what the fuck is a close <laughs> did you <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they are they're quite unusual, I suppose. Yeah, so all these little closes, they're all there's loads of them off the Royal Mile, and they link the street into kind of the the, the very very old blocks of flats and houses mm-hmm. at the back. But they are quite dark at night, and you know, I'm sure over the years, some uh, interesting things have taken place there. In the name of science, in, in the, name the name of, of furthering science. science. <laughs> that's you can you can you can do murder in if it's in the name of science yeah i don't I mean, mean I, I don't think that's like a, a rule that people should live by <laughs> nah 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 yeah adam 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 what's what's um how how is your uh how's your accent coming along the scottish one Oh, oh, ah, shit. That's not the one I've been working on. <laughs> I thought I was going to come in here with a nice thick Russian accent and just try to skirt one past you. Although I think my Scottish has turned Russian in the past. I don't know. I don't know how my Scottish accent is coming along. Well, maybe, truth- we, should, maybe we should have a wee break and listen to it and see how okay. we get on. Uh, and, truth be told, I, I don't that- work on it between, <laughs> between times that you make me. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's incredibly disappointing. I'll be honest with you. That's fine. I thought you're cut. I thought you're cutting about cutting about Chicago, just talking to yourself in in, in a Scottish accent. What is it more embarrassing? Which version of this story is more embarrassing <laughs> to admit the fact that I do or that I don't? I don't know. It's not about that. Where's our producer, Kathleen? Uh, tell me, tell me, give me, give me my li- line, line, please. <laughs> Today's quote is coming from the greatest year, the year of my birth, 1986, Ferris from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The quote is, life moves pretty fast. If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Life moves pretty fast. If you didn't stop and take a, and look around once, around once in a while, you could miss it. Miss that. The beginning wasn't terrible. Yeah. I was trying not to be angry. <laughs> I also, I'm going to be honest, I'm going for a Karen Gillett this week. Okay. Well, yeah, that's I who I thought. It. Right? Anyway, what does Nicola think? Yeah, I, I, I think you had a good bit of flow on there and I could hear the Scots. I sometimes think what people do is hit Scots too hard. So, um, and, and you know, they, they push it too much. And I know that the O's are a tricky sound in Scots as well. But um, I think just trust yourself, sit back in it, relax, and maybe give it another wee go. What do you think, Armandia? <laughs> See, she thought it was over and done with, but let's have another go. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm putting this back no. in the spotlight. Well, I mean, it's a lesson in what the quote is saying, which is like, just sit back. Yeah. Because... Life moves pretty fast. If if you didn't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. Listen, mate, you're getting better. There are a few words in there that were pretty Scottish. Which ones? Tell us. Some, some, some of them. 
So, I think actually, you know 30%. what? I actually think you're giving yourself a tricky job because you're going around, which is actually, and if you just if went I around, don't, it does go Russian, and oh, I right, can't okay. explain why. <laughs> We're quite similar, Russian and Scottish accent, right? I mean, no, I, I, I just, yeah, just don't. I say, just, I always think, uh, uh, yeah, Scots is people tend to hit it maybe harder than it needs to be. I always think, imagine like lilty, you know, water going up and down the hills, a wee stream, and just lift it up and but down. that's when I go that full really kind of Irish. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. True. We've yeah. done Maybe that. Let's not do that. I mean, it's, it's, it's something to behold though, Nicola. It's like <laughs> You're she just jumps all over. Oh, she just jumps all over the UK. Well, maybe we should just flip it back on you and you can do your American and we can well, see how that see, goes. Now, that's not the rule of the game. He does. He only does certain Americans, though. Adam does. Uh, just very girls. campy Americans. <laughs> he's very campy. He does Valley Girls, and he does. I believe I've heard a Southern accent, but then also usually, I don't. What's the other? But like one a cartoon does? Southern accent. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's that's how you guys sound to me. <laughs> yes. And honestly, fair. But I mean, don't get I... upset. Don't get upset with if I come in here as ground groundskeeper Willie. Well, I thought right. that's what you were doing. <laughs> I think you, I, I think a lot of your sounds were right. Actually, a lot of it's in the right place. Yeah. If you were going to be cast as a Scot, you would, you wouldn't need a huge amount of work. You'd be fine, girl. You've got it. And that's it would cool. be easier Wait. to learn the same to practice specific lines instead of and this. You know, standing up for you as well. <laughs> they're not Scottish. They're not Scottish. What you know? Yeah. It's not Scottish. That's why I slipped a dene instead of a don't. See. And I was like, See? I know. I know things. If you get something that's written in, if you get if you get something from a, a Scottish production, mm. that might help. Maybe a bit of Liz Lockhead. That is a challenge. Fun. That would that would go. be something. Uh, to try. That's Adam, fun. I reading standby have tried to say things out loud for practice because <laughs> I was like, oh, this is brilliant because it's written. <laughs> it is written to be in the accent, so yeah. it's a lot easier. Yes, I will use one of them. Yeah. Or watch Black Watch. Or you can watch Black Watch. Yeah, no, I. This is way more fun for me though to give her something that is not. Why not easy. push it to the extreme? I always think just take it to the max, right? I would look at a Liz Lockhead version of Tartuffe, which is in Scots. The words are crazy, but they're so much fun to get around, and it'll be a good laugh. And then once you can do that, you can do any Scots. You'll be fine. It's just a matter of of changing how much you crank it up on the dial. It just requires a lot of, like Liz's stuff requires a lot of, uh, it's a bit like a Shakespeare. You need to just kind of chew around those words. Um, but yeah. you, you got it. Okay. I, it just occurred to me, related to our quote this week, I kind of just want to hear what the name Ferris Bueller sounds like in a Scottish accent. So if either one of you want to give me that. Nicola, you go. Adam, you go first. Okay, I'll go then. You, you have go. different accents. Yeah, yeah. It's a Scottish a different accent. Okay. Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Oh, oh, we what get more of that. We get more of that that the act the harder ER sound on the Edinburgh. I that was I mean that was a satisfying name read in both of your accents. I it just occurred but if you to had me to that, choose. Oh, I mean, choose. listen. I think we're very clear. Nicola. I Nicola. Nicola. Obviously, right. It doesn't. No, no. You've done Depal. <laughs> Capital city over here. Yeah. Also, like just straight up bias that I have formed during recording this episode. I never picked Nicola. up on that bias at all. 
That's because uh, you're for Dundee. We'd have to slap you in the face. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> That's because I tried to be nice to you at the beginning of this episode and you didn't like it. So. Is it one o'clock? Is it one o'clock? Because those were some shots fired. Oh. Yeah. Boom, boom, skadoosh. I have a lot of love for Dundee and particularly Dundee Rep Theatre. And I think it's a cracking wee city, but obviously Edinburgh is the capital city. So, you know. Natalie, I made a joke. I'm very proud of you. It was a very good joke, by the way. It was a very good joke. You're on fire. (laughs) All right. Well, now we're going to put Kathleen back in her cage for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Be gone with you. I'm learning. But. The, the question you always ask somebody in Edinburgh is, what school did you go to? And it becomes a bit of a joke. That's the first thing you ask them, what school did you go to? Because you always know someone that went to their school, to that person's school. And also it's a bit of a judgment on them. <laughs> you know, what school did you go to? <laughs> All right, now I know what you're like. <laughs> and Edinburgh, interestingly, has the most private school children per head than any other city in the UK. I didn't go to a private school, though. I think you can probably tell. But one in three <laughs> children go to private school. In uh, the suburb that Kathleen and I are from, you also, when people find out where we're from, they'll often ask what school we went to or we'll volunteer the information without being asked uh, because there's like four or five, depending on if you count one of them that's within the school districts, but technically outside of the town, uh, that in the and we two of them i called the humble high schools because we grew up in a very affluent suburb but like two of the high schools are old the one that we went to is the like original high school that was born with the settlement old by american standards um (laughs) asterisk (laughs) solid 80 years old yeah you've covered yourself there yeah uh and uh and we always we always would say that because we're like, oh, but we went to this school because this other one had like these insane, it's basically like a little mini college campus. It had insane amenities. And we're like, no, we went to the one with lots of asbestos. <laughs> we're lucky to get within a line. Like we went to the one that was overcrowded and had a lot of asbestos. I love, oh my God, I love it. Well, I went to the school that had the bio pond. I don't know why you would build a school with a bio pond, with a bridge over it, you know, so as you walk over it, you'd be like, please don't let me be pushed in, don't let it happen to me today. And everyone would just get, you know, one, if once a day somebody would get shoved in the bio pond. No. I, I love the idea that, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. We started this conversation talking about how Edinburgh is a city built on top of the ruins and remains of another city and then you tell me that it's got a shitload of ghosts and it's like duh i could draw a straight line between both of those (laughs) both of those occurrences but it's you got a lot of really angry uh plague victims who should be haunting the streets of edinburgh in my (laughs) opinion they would be justified they'd be like you bricked me the fuck up yeah exactly Right? right right see adam in that situation if you if you were a plague victim who was bricked up, would yeah. you not want to haunt those fuckers? Yeah. So I want to hear the stories about those ghosts. Where are those guys? They're, They're still trying to get up. From... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <That's> if, <they're... laughs> 
If the if if Claire's story about you know our sexy centurion ghost is any indicator, they would be stuck below. We wouldn't be able to see them unless we were like down in a tunnel, because because she was saying that that ghost died on a, a hill that was at a different level. So that's now whenever you whenever the person sees that ghost in their flat, they only see from the waist up because it's standing on where its ground level was. So we wouldn't see those ghosts unless they were like really tall. And then we would just see like this, just eyes. <laughs> I am loving your chain of thought here. This all makes perfect sense to me. Does it you, Adam? Yes. <laughs> Adam's just like, tuned, he's tuned me out. <laughs> yeah, um, well, I mean, <laughs> but just wait the Ouija Ouija board is gonna is gonna all those ghosts are gonna contact us to the Ouija Ouija board and be like fuck See, Adam there'll be yeah. people from Edinburgh and they'll be like about fucking time I've been bricked up right where's get the Ouija Ouija board out and then we'll start talking they'll they'll elbow the Ouija ghosts out the way to say we were bricked up we're gonna be to haunt the shit out of these people in Edinburgh who've got a lineage from the people who bricked us up I would be like... I'm I'm done for then. I understand. I understand. Completely. (laughs) Not just some women in a blue dress kicking about going, ooh, knocking on doors and stuff. Well, I'll tell you, I mean, you know, Edinburgh had the... It was the last witch in Scotland to be burned at the stake. Yes. Yeah, by Edinburgh Castle as well. So there's a lot of women in Edinburgh with a lot of vendettas, or a lot of uh, ghostly women, shall we say. So I really do believe, why wouldn't they be kicking about the city, trying to get their own back? Well, my my nan used to say to me, and this could be because she used to show me horror movies all the time, but she used to say, it's not the dead you have to be worried about, it's the living. Exactly. <laughs> and I'd be like, oh, thanks. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> my friend used to say, if you come back as anything, it'd be a pigeon so she could shit on everyone. Well, I Not mean, a ghost, just a pigeon. She could just hang her arse at the window. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't watch horror in. films or anything. You know, I'm talking about ghosts, but I don't watch horror films or anything. I, I'm, I'm too No, because you don't want to tempt the ghosts. Exactly. God. You get it, Natalie. You get you're just, you're it. All, you're all just walking about like, ooh. You are my kindred spirit. You're, I'm <laughs> loving it. Adam, you can just leave. <laughs> See, it never took you long. It never took you long, Nicola. This is what happens to all the guests. I mean, we we started this we started this whole episode saying that Nicola was going to join, say no to us, and then leave the meeting. And you know, we're <laughs> inviting you to leave. Yeah, I know. Thanks. Uh, thanks. Oh, thanks sorry, for that, just guys. silence them. <laughs> you bring like, on I, could just, I could just mute you right. Oh wait, I can. I have the power. <laughs> no, I don't, Adam, I don't want you knowing yet. that information. <laughs> I just discovered this. <laughs> I've become too powerful. Uh, that was that. Uh, was that Janet Horn, the last witch to be legally executed in, in the British bell, Isles? Actually. Yes, I believe so. I saw a brilliant play, um, which is called The Last Witch. Funnily enough, um, there was one on at the Lyceum quite a few years ago, and then there was. I, the same play but it was Pitt Lockery I think they did it recently you might know better than me Adam but it's, yeah it's such a fascinating story of women who were perceived to just be a little bit different or maybe a little bit of a threat just call them a witch just burn them or try drowning them uh, if they uh, you know lovely yeah. lovely uh, listeners if you want to hear more about a little bit more about Janet Horn and about Helen Duncan who was the last woman in the UK to be tried 
uh, and arrest, arrested and tried for uh, witchcraft. You should tune in to the Shared History episode featuring Jack Loudon because we talk about it near the end. That's oh, why I knew it was Janet Horn. Oh, Jack. Sometimes I remember things. Other times I <laughs> learn a lot of wonderful history and then it immediately leaves my head moments later. And then I get to learn it all over again. It's fun. <laughs> I'm glad because I couldn't, I couldn't remember her name. So thank you for that. But yeah, it's, um, it's fascinating and tragic and horrendous what happened to these women. And actually, in terms of Scottish history, it wasn't really that long ago, if we're no. honest. Well, That's Helen true. Duncan was arrested in the 1940s using the Witchcraft Act as uh, the precedent. So, God, it's all recall now, isn't it? It's all come yeah. flooding back. I, I'm smart. I love it. You're, You're learning things. You're learning it. things. I love it. But, I, I, but this is a history I love because when I was at school, the history we were taught you know it was around the second world war and the first world war now i'm fascinated by that i really am and i was a real kind of history kind of buff at school but the history i love are the stories of like these women in scotland or people that are yeah yeah obviously the the world war history is is very um interesting and important that we learn about it but i do kind of also would love to see the school curriculum expand a little bit on our scottish history yeah. Yes. I, I. Well, this is the whole point in this this podcast, right? Is like learning things that have just gone by the wayside. And there are things that, like, when you learn them, they all provide important context to those larger narratives that are part of traditional curricula. Sure. So it's like, oh, maybe I would have been more invested in or interested in this one class if i had like known these other little bits and bops that were intentionally a lot of the time swept under the rug or not highlighted um or not built into a statue because we just we ran out of bronze because we made too many dog statues that is exactly it yeah you know what i mean and actually there's a statue of greyfriars bobby the most famous little dog ever to come out of Edinburgh. I don't know if you guys know the story. I'm assuming you will, Adam. Do you, Natalie? Know about I don't think Bobby? I do. Oh, it's a, I, I mean, I cried. I it's broke so... my heart <laughs> watching that film. Adam, who Make doesn't Adam believe in cried Make Adam cry. Friars, Bobby. Because so it's a real story. Oh, he was a wee Scottish terrier, and um, it's real. And he was a little dog. Uh, I don't know the date. Uh, it was about 150 years ago, Adam. What do you think? Um, it has to it has yeah. to be around it has to be around that time. Yeah, and he was a little dog who was very faithful to his owner Jock, and Jock ended up in a fortunate situation, and um, I believe it was homeless at points, and Bobby was very kind of loyal to him, and people in this you know everybody knew Jock and everybody knew Greyfriars Bobby. He was this friendly little dog, and unfortunately, um, Jock passed away. And uh, Greyfriars Bobby would go and sit on his grave every day without fail, which was in Greyfriars Kirkyard, the place that I spoke that is apparently haunted by this poltergeist as well. And there's a grave now to Greyfriars Bobby himself um, because the people of Edinburgh um, got behind Greyfriars Bobby and he didn't have a licence um, in Edinburgh. It was really important at the time that the dogs were registered with uh, the council to be like legal and but they were very, very expensive. So he was always being chased by the dog catchers and the um, 
I think it was the people of Edinburgh that clubbed together, was it, to pay for it? Um, or the Lord was, Provost yeah. did in the end. Um, but yeah, they sort of became the owners of Greyfriars Bobby. But yeah, so he, he has a very... Um, and Disney made a film about it. Um, and he's got his little his little graves in Greyfriars Kirkyard. And there's a statue to him, um, a little bronze statue, and it's beautiful. Um, and it's in the people middle of touch Edinburgh. It, don't they? Yeah, but the people rub his nose for luck. Apparently, this is a total nonsense, made-up thing that tourists yeah. have started, and everyone's getting quite upset because it's kind of taken the um, the, the, the enamel off yeah. the nose, the finish off his wee nose. So yeah, don't rub Greyfriars Bobby's nose. It's not tourists true. Are always, tourists are always just rubbing bits of statues, right? and it's like, <laughs> calm down. First of all, wash your hands because three hundred people also just Touched rubbed it. that nose. Yeah. Right, it's a pandemic. Especially in a people. pandemic, yeah. Let's not do it. Um, but yeah, it's a really sweet, um, yeah, really sweet tale. But as I said, there's a lot of statues to animals in this. I mean, I'm not mad. I would more, I would like there to be more statues to animals than men. I'll take yeah, that. Me too. Take... Also, I want great if Greyfriars Bobby haunts Greyfriars, then I am a lot less afraid to visit. Greyfriars Kirk and just yeah. be like Bobby's just you know he's just dotting about there like, like what a fun afternoon of ghost hunting to be like I'm just looking out for a, <laughs> a cute little dog I know oh yeah yeah Bobby's all right Not that's sure the kind of ghost I will welcome into my life <laughs> of course, I mean yeah just yeah. standing in a park throwing a stick yeah just <laughs> one day like, doing? one of these just days that dog. stick's gonna come back on its own and I will show you Adam <laughs> I will. And that would prove a lot of things but i mean but would one. you be surprised if like dogs were allowed were like allowed to be ghosts but like humans weren't because it's like we had our time on earth and we uh have ruined the planet so when we die we should just get the fuck out uh we're done our time is up yeah. but dogs haunt me with cute dogs and cats forever Oh, yeah, because you wouldn't do anything apart from just, like, come into your room, maybe lie at your feet. Yeah. It would be I weird because it's like if your dog lays at your feet on the bed now, it's warm. But if a ghost dog does it, you're like, why are my feet cold? And then you think that maybe your feet got out from underneath the covers, but it didn't. It's a ghost dog. All right, we're going to pitch a screenplay. It's called Haunted Hounds. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Can I have to go. I have, have to write role? it. Yeah. Can we all have a rule? Like, I'm willing to dress up. As a yeah. dog or whatever, like I'll do the voice of one of them. Yeah, Let's do that. yeah. We'll, we'll make it an anim- an animation. Um, yeah, yeah, oh, an animation. Like we can voice it. That's great. I mean, yeah. I would be up for being haunted by a dog, but not a cat. I'm not oh. really a cat person. Also, a cat ghost is going to be them. a bigger dick than a cat, and I have exactly. three cats. Exactly. Exactly. Like my... you can't trust a living cat. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, yeah. My grand, my grandma's cat who's long dead, uh, probably does haunt that house, um, was vicious. And when my gran would walk out the room, it would just attack me and my sister. And then my gran would come in and it would sit all nice. <laughs> it was clever. It was a, it was a little shit, actually. Um, it was called Honey. It was anything but a wee honey. It would climb curtains, rip the curtains. And my granny was like, oh, it's lovely, girls. What, what's wrong? And we're like, it's literally tearing us apart, this cat. She couldn't see. She would have a. Uh, she wouldn't. Yes, yeah, she would have a word said against it, and it was wild. It was. It was crazy. It was horrible. <laughs> so I'm that traumatized. Cat is, that cat is a poltergeist. 
It is. It was well, a haunted Well, a cat bed. would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and a cat would be like sleeking about your, your house as a ghost, being like, day 400 of my death. <laughs> now it's time to trip them up on the stairs. <laughs> then you'll just trip down the stairs for no reason. I feel like it would whisper its inse- all your insecurities into your ear. I think it would find a voice like, yeah, you do look shy. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need to push <laughs> Ghost <laughs> cats just play on your anxiety. Totally. Clever <laughs> wee things then. They're a little manipulative. <laughs> oh my god. I uh I spent entirely too long during this conversation trying to think of a good cat ghost pun. And the best I got to was like pussergeist, which I was like, that's not good. Um so uh <laughs> listeners, please Please write in with your with your cat. I'll take dog too, but your uh, your cat your cat specter puns, if you will. <laughs> well, I think it was. I think it's a pretty good one, actually. I really do. I I wouldn't know what to come up with. I think it was very good. But well, thank you. That's just because... the sort of blue rated version. But good. yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> You're allowed to only compliment me. We established this at the beginning, so I appreciate you uh, sticking to your role, really Got embodying your back, girl. it. Got yeah. Your back. Uh, but Adam can fuck off. <laughs> uh, speaking of, it seems yeah. like it's about time for all of us to fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> what if that's just how we wrapped things up? Yeah. Just tell each other to fuck off. See you uh, next time. Yeah, Nicola, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us, and and I'm so overjoyed that it was ghost stories and history but history that also is ghost stories because i love that adam gets so excited to learn about the history and that that we're like okay but like also we're going to talk about ghosts for a minute chill the fuck out uh (laughs) at least we didn't only talk about like sexy ghosts this time adam so you know you're welcome yeah i mean thanks uh nicolette where where can everyone listen to cultural coven so it's on all your main uh, podcasty platforms, so on Spotify and Apple and pretty much all of them. Um, you can also get it on the Royal Lyceum Theatre website, in, um, which is the, the Lyceum Theatre in Edinburgh, and all of the podcasts are there. Um, the premise of it is that I uh, chat to um, Scotland's most loved uh, arts and cultural figures. So there's a real great mix there. We've just done our first series. Um, I set them a little cheeky um, creative challenge and we do some quick fire questions. And we're soon to be doing our second series as well. And yeah, and it's been wonderful. And, and I'm just really thankful to people who took a leap of faith and came armed with their best chats. So yeah, please do check it out, especially if you like to hear a little bit about Scottish um, arts and culture. And uh, we appreciate that you took a little leap of faith and came yes. and chatted with us. Thank you for inviting me. I'm, I feel very privileged. Um, and I'm sorry if I've just spoken nonsense for a while, no, but it's been a good but, laugh. You know, it's all pants. It's all like history. It's all like just stuff. It's great. Yeah. I would say that a lot of history teachers uh, in my life, I felt like have spoken nonsense for an hour straight and I've they got paid for it so i mean i didn't yeah. even tell you my history fact like i'm going to just drop this in guys right it doesn't it. matter what i've done in my life it's the thing that i'm most proud of so in the 2003 scottish exam diet i got the top mark in scotland for higher history and i got 100 quid off the exam board and did i do something sensible with it no me and my friends we got loads of booze we went to the park and we got drunk 
Here there we go. go. And when I get drunk, I just bang that fact out. Did you know that I got the top? I just tell everyone. It's quite sad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can't remember anything now. I just remembered how to do the ex- I just knew how to do the exam. I like learned the exam format, I think. Learned the facts. It's gone. All yeah. gone. All you remember is you got 100 quid and then yeah. you, you got rid of all those brain cells that held the fucking yeah. the exam you know what, though? on That's Mary Downsider. It's the way they would have celebrated in history. So exactly. it, was, it was appropriate. Exactly. Uh, for people looking for The Cultural Coven, I will say, if you just go on Spotify and type in The Cultural Coven, you will find it. But it is uh, an in-motion theater podcast. So if you get confused because you see that before The Cultural Coven on Spotify, because I know when I looked for it, I was like, is this it? That's Nicola. This is it. Yeah, so that was the first series they were a co-producer, but um, the second series is just going to be the Lyceum and myself. And yeah, and it's just, um, so it should hopefully, if you just even Google the cultural coven Nicola Roy, it should you should be able to find it. And I would love you to tune in. And they're all there now. Disregard everything I just said. I'm full of shit. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, yeah, made sense. <laughs> um, but Or check them out on the Lyceum Theatre website. And where can people follow you on the social medias if that is a thing that you are active on? Yeah, so please give me a little follow on Twitter. Um, my So it's Nicola Roy, but my handle is Nicola M. Roy. And I'm on the Insta or the IG or whatever the kids call it, um, which is also um, Nicola M. Roy, you know, just because I like to mix it up, but keep it the same. <laughs> I do think there might be a dot there. So it's like Nicola dot M. Dot Roy. But I love Twitter's when people don't Nicola know their handles. Roy. It makes yeah. me really happy. It, everyone has to go, uh, oh fuck, is it the same as Twitter or is it different? Yeah. So it's, it's Nicola, yeah, Nicola M. Roy on Twitter, Nicola.m.roy on Instagram because somebody just taken my name, I think. Nicola.m.roy. Yes. See? And Nicola M. Roy on Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> We, if you want to follow us on the social media, uh, please do. We are at Under the Kilt Pod on both Instagram and Twitter. I know our handles, yep. but I got this wrong once and I always get it wrong on the other show. If you want to email us those ghost cat puns, you can email <laughs> them to us at underthekiltpod at gmail.com. Um, Adam, am I missing anything? Do you have anything that you want to add in? I just want to thank Nicola for her time and her expertise on spirits. Now you're just trying to curry favour. Well, why? It's too late. (laughs) I mean, spirits as in like the whiskey that she was talking about. Oh, do you think? I wasn't talking about the ghosts. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Our future high class spirits sponsors. Yes. Yeah. I actually, I'm sorry. Thank you for thanking me and thank you for inviting me on. It has been an absolute hoot. I did, however, forget to give the handle for my podcast. That would be oh. quite, you know, well done me for forgetting. I mean, I told you I'm a riot. So, yeah, so the handle for the Cultural Coven, if you'd like to follow on Twitter, is at Cultural Coven. That is it. At Cultural Coven. I mean, that is pretty much straightforward. Yeah. And it's quite a witchy name. I've only just really kind of well, we have to burn Nicola. Stuff. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to take Nicola out to the pyre. And until next time. This episode of Under the Kilt was edited and produced by Kathleen Mueller-Mason. Original theme by Tyler Collins, aka 2 Meter Man. Additional music by Garth Spin. Original art by Sarah Cruz. 
Thank you again to our guest, Nicola Roy, and to the girls at Shared History. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.